This is our escape pod. The family wagon. The coupe de thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. JCPenney Cyber Deals are just a click away. Save through Tuesday at jcp.com. Finish your holiday list early and score thousands of online deals before they're gone. Cozy up to 60% off heated blankets and throws. Keep the fam extra warm and outerwear starting at just $14.99. And spoil someone special with our Yes Please Diamonds and Gemstones only $19.99. All the deals, all online. JCPenney, make your holidays count. Offers valid on select styles through 1128 online only. Exclusion supply. Cyber Deals excluded from coupon. See jcp.com for details. Everybody online, looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. And how about a couple of websites for you? ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or ChristianTalkThatRocks.com. Live on our email address is TalkToRichiel at gmail.com. T-A-L-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com. TalkToRichiel at gmail.com. Several ways to get this broadcast in podcast format. Here is just a handful. Launchpad 1. Let's see. Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Radio.net, just to name a few. Flagship station, WMVA, The Gold Rush, which can be found at WMVARadio.com. Also, Radio.net and Odyssey.com. But they rebroadcast today's show, the last show of the week, Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Also, newest affiliate, NetNews Network at NetNewsNetwork.net, where hopefully later on uh, this afternoon or evening, today's episode, this is Thursday, uh, the 13th, actually, but whenever you're listening, it's still relevant. Uh, episode will be up later on at netnewsnetwork.net. By the way, they are a legitimate, real-world, real, old-fashioned journalism news site. They've got journalists actually reporting from Moscow and places like that all over the world. Real journalism, not the kind of stuff you're probably used to in the majority of main stink media. Also streaming live on Thunderous Radio. By the way, the hyperlink to Thunderous Radio can be found at both ChristianTalkThatRocks.Nitter.com. You'll see it there on the page. Or you can go to Streamitter.com, Streamitter.com, MyTuner.com, MyTuner.com, and let's see, Radio.net, Radio.net. And you can search Thunderous Radio. Now, you want to look for the icon that has like a little lightning bolt thing kind kind of coming down on one side and then on the other, and it's kind of black and blue and on the other side it says thunderous radio and kind of a i don't know like a digital radio font or something so that's the one you want to look for when you're searching and uh, streaming live there 2 to 6 p.m uh two uh, that is 206 p.m ish roughly eastern to start and then roughly ends about four ish p.m eastern that's east coast time usa of course back that up central bound to pacific but again however you're listening whenever you're listening Glad you're listening. A bombshell story, a report, if you will, has come out. I'm going to play a couple of clips here for you in a minute. 
I'm just diving right into this. Let's just get started right off with a bang, shall we? Ex-Obama staffers now blowing the whistle on Biden kickback scheme after Hunter joined Burisma. Claims malfeasance in the office as a former White House stenographer who's pushing to testify under oath in the Hunter grand jury case after sending a tip to the FBI. To the FBI. This has been reported by Bailey Hill, Fox News. Obama-era staffer now blowing the whistle on Biden kickback scheme. He is a criminal. He claims he's a witness of criminal activity. He claims he's a witness. Obama-era staffer now blowing whistle on the Biden kickback scheme. A former Obama administration staffer is blowing the whistle on the Biden family's business dealings, accusing President Biden of being involved in a kickback scheme in connection with his son Hunter's overseas business dealings while he was vice president. Which would be basically a no-no. Mike McCormick. That's his name, a stenographer for the White House for 15 years, told Fox and Friends First today the FBI has been ignoring his alarms on the matter despite his willingness to testify under oath before the federal grand jury investigating Hunter. Why is the FBI ignoring him? Maybe for the same reason that the FBI was sending stuff to to various social media sites saying, ah, that Hunter Biden laptop thing is Russian disinformation. Don't worry about it. There's nothing. No, there, there. Which is a bald-faced lie because they have the thing in their possession since December 9th, 2019. And in the fall of 2020, during the 2020 election, of course, you may recall that the FBI, we now know, due to the Twitter file dumps, the dozen and a half or so Twitter file dumps, that they were sending messages, <clears throat> pardon me, to social media saying, hey, uh, this whole Hunter Biden laptop, thing, yeah, you know, they're there. It's, it's, it's all good. They're, they were sending that to the social media heads and saying, look, you may be hearing something. It's Russian disinformation, I don't know, which is a ball-faced lie. They knew better. They had it in their possession. They got a court order or a subpoena from a federal judge to go grab the original laptop, related materials, hard drive, et cetera, et cetera, from one John Paul McIsaac in his repair shop in Wilmington, Delaware. So they had it. They've had this stuff. They've been Look, the FBI and the DOJ have been investigating Hunter Biden since 2018. How much more investigating do you need to do? The laptop clearly shows, along with other information that they have, and they know it to be true. State police of Delaware said, yeah, it's legit, it just happened. The FBI said, well, yeah, okay, he lied on a, on a um, gun form, federal gun form to purchase a gun, a gun shop there in, in Delaware, when you when you lie on a federal gun form, that's a felony, gang. You or I do that, we go to jail and or pay a pretty hefty fine, probably both. Hunter Biden has done neither. He's out. He's hanging out with Dad in Ireland right now. He's partying all over the world with Dad. Why is this guy getting a ride? And then people talk about a two-tier justice system. Sure seems that way, doesn't it? They're also investigating Hunter for tax fraud. Also investigating Hunter for not um, properly listing himself with the federal authorities as basically uh, um, a foreign agent of sorts. There's there's laws and rules about that. They've got him on several different things right now. They've got enough stuff on him right now that we just know of. Forget all this other stuff. Put him in jail for a few years. And probably stick on top of him some hefty fines. But they're doing nothing. Why? Why? 
begs the question. Let me continue. Quote, in February, I went to the FBI and filed one of their, uh, their tips on their website. See, if you do that and you're lying to them, you go to jail. I'm not lying. Let me let you hear the clip. And this is from Fox and Friends. And again, this is Mike McCormick. He's a stenographer, former, former he worked, by, by the way, under the Obama administration, ex-White House staffer. Um, and he's blowing the whistle. And he's been pounding the door of the FBI saying, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a witness to, to what went down. I'm, I'm, I'm a witness to a crime. I'll testify under oath. Put me in front of the grand jury, the one that's in Delaware, which has been convened for almost, well, semi-convened, whatever they're doing now, for about three years. What's going on with that? Where's that going? What's happening with that? I mean, over the past, I don't know what, uh, seven, eight months? Longer than that, maybe. We've heard nothing from them since, what, about maybe July-ish of last year? Last time we heard anything significant come out of that grand jury? What's going on? What's happening? What up? What's going on? Here's a clip. Obama stenographer Mike McCormick joins us now. Mike, thanks for being here. You say you are a witness to a crime. Walk us through why you say that. Yes. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Todd. Thanks for having me. Sure. So in, tw- in April... 2014, I was an Air Force Two with Joe Biden and Jake Sullivan. At the time, no one knew that that Hunter Biden was already on the board of Burisma Holdings, Uh the natural gas conglomerate from Ukraine. Joe Biden is directing Jake Sullivan in the front of the plane what to say to the press. My job as a stenographer on the plane is to record what the vice president or a senior administration official says to the press. So I'm sitting back there with a tape recorder. Jake Sullivan comes back, and somebody asks him about fracking. The, his answer is, well, we're bringing a lot of American assistance over for fracking. Burisma was the direct beneficiary of that fracking. And that's what I recorded. And that's in a White House transcript. In the, in the transcript, you don't know who Jake Sullivan is. It's a senior administration official. I'm the witness that says... Jake Sullivan is the guy who said it, and he should be investigated because at the time, Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma, and Joe Biden is bringing American taxpayer money to enrich that company and himself and his family. Uh And, Mike, let me throw in a few dates here. Hunter joins the Burisma board April 18th, 2014. You have that conversation with Jake Sullivan April 21st, 2014, uh, outlining how the U.S. would help Ukraine's gas industry with Joe Biden's help. Hunter's role not made public till May 12th, 2014. And then in December of that year, Congress approves $50 million to support Ukraine's energy. Ashley. You know, Mike, my biggest question is, you said the FBI has been ignoring you. It's it's no secret right now that people don't have a lot of faith in the FBI. Would you tell them and would they say back to you? Well, that's that's a great question, Ashley. Um, I came across this story back in October. I published it in my Substack. My Substack is Midnight in the Laptop of Good and Evil. I didn't hear much about it. In February, I went to the FBI and filed one of their tips on their website. If you do that and you're lying to them, you go to jail. I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth and I'm not going to jail. Joe Biden is a criminal. He was 
conducting malfeasance in office to enrich his family. Jake Sullivan is a conspirator in that. And there's more uh, there's more Obama officials involved in it, I believe. There's a grand jury right now in in uh, Wilmington, Delaware. They've been seated for three years with a special prosecutor yeah. named David Weiss. If David Weiss can't have me in front of his grand jury explaining what I know as a witness, that's a fraudulent grand jury. It's a fraudulent use of the American judicial system to cover for Barack Obama and Joe Biden's crimes in office. Yeah, of course it is. There's, it, it, is, it, is it, are you starting to see a pattern where there seems to be a lot of covering going on right now, which begs the question, why? Why did the FBI say what they said to social media about the Hunter Biden laptop? Why is this grand jury dragging its feet? Why is it taking five plus years now for the FBI and DOJ to investigate Hunter Biden? They've had five years they've been on this tail. They have had the laptop for going on four years, three and a half years. What is the deal? What's going on here? These these are fair questions to ask. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, Joe Schmo Party. I don't care. These are fair questions to ask. What's going on? You have whistleblowers coming forward from the FBI, now from the bowels of the former Obama administration. All right, you, you have you have people coming forward, and they're getting a blow off. Why? Why? These are, I know it's like a three-year-old. Why? Why? The, but these are legitimate questions. I mean, come on. Oh, there's more. Hang tight. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pasta robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline... Make your holidays magical with Kinder Joy, the unique chocolatey treat plus toy. One half of its iconic egg shape contains layers of sweet creams with crispy wafer bites. The other half has a fun holiday toy designed to spark a child's imagination. Kinder Joy makes the perfect stocking stuffers and great gifts for kids. So open a world of surprise this holiday season. Pick up Kinder Joy at your favorite retailer today.
JCPenney cyber deals are just a click away. Save through Tuesday at jcp.com. Finish your holiday list early and score thousands of online deals before they're gone. Cozy up to 60% off heated blankets and throws. Keep the fam extra warm and outerwear starting at just $14.99. And spoil someone special with our Yes Please Diamonds and Gemstones only $19.99. All the deals, all online. JCPenney, make your holidays count. Offers valid on select styles through 1128 online only. Exclusion supply. Cyber deals excluded from coupons. See jcp.com for details. Still a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Due to the strong Christian views, factual subject matter, and truthful content, this show may not be suitable for certain wimps, weenies, or crybabies. Lister discretion is advised. Here's your host, Richie L. Now there's uh, a representative in Congress who's been kind of hanging tight on some of this stuff. And um, she's not what I would call a... I don't know, a real hardcore conservative. In fact, some Republicans would, would sort of swing her into maybe towards the rhino camp and all that. Of course, I'm not a Republican. I don't care. I don't have a dog in the hunt. Whoopie-doo. <laughs> but her name is Nancy Mays. Anyway, uh, but she has been lately. I played a couple of clips from her over the past few months. She has been uh, lately bird-dogging, if you will, a lot of things. And uh, she's gone off on the Biden administration, uh, especially after these new Hunter revelations. She says, this is corruption at its core. I'm going to let you hear a clip here in just a moment. This is also being reported by Fox News. Uh, Mesa told Brian Kilmeade, uh, Joe Biden's denials were an all-out lie. Well, we know that now, especially based on what we've discovered in the laptop and everything else. And now with this, what this whistleblower has done, uh, former uh, Obama administration stenographer, uh, whistleblower, what he's now claiming and, and saying to the FBI, I'm a witness of a crime. You want to talk to me? So uh, she's been blasting the family for its, it's saying that they're uh, corrupted its core. Now, she's a representative, a Republican from, from South Carolina, and she was also on Fox and Friends to react to the latest reporting from Fox News on Hunter Biden's business dealings, including his associates making many visits to the White House during the Obama administration. And they weren't just there to talk about sports or the weather. Dozens and dozens and dozens of visits from a bunch of different folks. A whole bunch of different folks. And she says it's it's really shocking. And she said he had the president lying, saying he knew nothing about anything Hunter Biden had going on, which we, I think the White House logs now prove that wrong. Uh, so do uh, answering machine recordings, uh, voicemail recordings, emails, everything else. That was a ball-faced lie. Imagine Joe Biden lying. Imagine a, a president lying. Imagine a politician Lying. Who ever heard of such a thing, right? Actually, what's rare is when one doesn't lie. That that's the that's when you want to start checking gravity, right? Let me let you hear the clip. This is her, and she's uh, going back and forth with uh, Old Kilmeade on um, on uh, Fox News, and uh, she's she's pretty pretty wound up. And I can I get it, kind of wound up myself. I get it, but she's one of the uh, ones that's coming forward and really raising some sand about this now uh, of course i think she's a little late to the game it's like where you been nance but 
I mean, a lot of, I mean, I've been talking about this stuff on this show now, well, I don't know, two years, give or take. But anyway, longer than that, really. But uh, this is uh, Republican Nancy Mace uh, and her back and forth with Brian Kilmeade on Fox News. A break from his art show. It comes after newly acquired White House visitor logs reveal that Hunter's business associates, get this, visited the White House over 80 times while Joe was vice president. Longtime yeah. partner Eric Schwinn tops the list with 30 visits, followed by Joan Mayer, who was VP of the investment firm Rosemont Seneca. Congresswoman yeah. Nancy Mace serves on the House Oversight Committee and joins us now. Congresswoman, did that number surprise you? It's shocking, really. Here you had President Biden lie and deny he had any involvement with Hunter's businesses. Come to find out there's voicemail evidence, email evidence, and now White House evidence where his business partners visited over 80 times when he was vice president. This is corruption at its core. Now, remember, he has dealt with this question in the past. What about Hunter's business dealings? Remember some of these answers. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business yes, dealings? Yes, I stand by that statement. Liar, liar. Should you really stand fire, by that right? statement at this hour with 80 visits? Are they talking about intramural basketball? Oh, it's, a, it's an all-out lie. And here's what our Republican message needs to be. The United States is not for sale. This is not the kind of thing that we can allow to go on. The Oversight Committee, we're going to follow the facts wherever they take us. And we just got all of these suspicious activity reports. We're working every day in that investigation. So the American people actually know the truth of what happened. And look at, he's on the world stage with his son right now. We've lost Brazil. We've lost the Middle East. And Biden has now he's losing the European Union over, over Taiwan. And so uh, we're very weak right now on the world stage. And we need to show the American people that he should not be the president after 2024. One other revelation. Mike McCormick, former White House stenographer during the Obama years, says this. He's been trying to get the FBI's attention. He said, quote, Joe Biden committed crimes in Ukraine in a conspiracy with the current National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. I am a witness to that happening. They've been looking at Hunter Biden, but this ties Joe Biden and Sullivan into promoting a kickback scheme with Ukraine. It's the timeline that does it. And keep in mind, after he left, it turns out a couple of days uh, prior to his arrival in Ukraine, Hunter Biden gets on the Burisma board with very little qualifications. Okay, none. And then $50 million gets approved by Congress to support Ukraine's energy sector. Looks terrible. Oh, yeah, it's it's totally and completely corrupt. They've denied everything that every fact that Republicans have brought forward. At some point, I'm sure they're going to trot out James Clapper out of the freezer, just like they did over the uh, Hunter Laptop disinformation scheme uh, to deny this as well. That's what they do. Yeah, that's exactly what they do. Well, the mainstream media will either A, continue to ignore this story or, or start circling the wagons and painting Hunter, poor little Hunter, as the victim. Because, you know, he and one of his uh, sleazy lawyers decided they were going to start suing everybody involved in this thing and media types and uh, especially John Paul McIsaac. Oh, he stole Hunter's laptop. No, he didn't. Hunter forfeited the thing. He signed an agreement for repair. He left the thing there for months. John Paul tried to get hold of him, and 
and never heard anything back from the guy. Finally, one day, one of his attorneys reaches out, and but it's way after the fact. So he didn't steal it. Hunter forfeited it. If you go to a repair shop, okay, and this is pretty standard operational procedure, you go to a repair shop for like a computer, and you leave it there forever and never pay it, never pick it up, usually there's some fine print on the repair thing that says, well, we, we now own it. And then they turn around to sell it to try and recoup their, you know, their costs for repair. So you forfeit it. You lose it. I mean, there's automotive repair shops do the same thing. This isn't unheard of. This is kind of standard. So Hunter didn't, uh, I mean, it wasn't stolen by John Paul McIsaac. He forfeited the thing. And John Paul seeing some of the stuff on the, um, the laptop that was questionable. By the way, in many states, and Delaware is one, in many states, if you're repairing somebody's computer and you see some criminal activity on the computer, you see child pornography, you see things like that, you're supposed to report that to authorities. There's laws about that kind of stuff, all right? So, and Delaware has those kinds of laws in the books, more or less. So he he followed the law. He didn't do anything wrong. He really didn't do anything long, wrong in that regard. So I don't think the, the lawsuit, and again, uh, w w since the threat of the lawsuit, and we're going to do a, what's happened, nothing. Oh, he's just, uh, Hunter's just gallivanting around the globe and going to posh places with Dad. Hunter's hanging out with Dad. I think Hunter was one of those kids Dad would rarely say no to. Hunter is a 50-year-old brat that never grew up. And this is what happens, sadly. Uh, listen, I'm sensitive to family dysfunction and what alcoholism and drug addiction and and so, forth, so on and so forth can do in a family. But these people are, I mean, Joe Biden's the president. Back then was vice president. And there has been some real weird junk going on. I don't, this stenographer claim, I'm not a lawyer. This stenographer claims I witnessed a crime. Sounds like he did. Sounds like he did. And I'm sure he's probably talked to some attorneys too, although he maybe hasn't come forward with that yet. But he's, I'll bet, I imagine uh, this uh, former White House stenographer has got a, got a lawyer on a retainer somewhere in the wings, just in case this gets, he, he, uh, he should have, uh, just in case this thing gets kind of bumpy and, and kind of weird. Because I'm sure it will. And I'm sure there will be a mainstream media smear campaign. Um, and I'm sure he knows that. But this again shows the corruption at its core that has infested. It's just like a, there's layers of this stuff, like a rotten onion inside the FBI, inside the DOJ, inside the, the justice system that is supposed to be handling all this, if you will, inside the Biden administration and amongst former staffers of the Obama administration. And I've had a hunch that this thing was going to point back to that administration. I'm not saying Obama's necessarily guilty of anything, but what I'm saying is I think he had some flunkies that it looks like probably are. It looks like probably are. Where is this thing going? Again, the DOJ and the FBI have been fooling around with this thing for five years. How long does it take to investigate somebody? Five years. I mean, how long does it take to mess with this stuff? I don't care that he's a president's son. I don't care if he's Santa Claus's son. If you break the law, you do the time. 
You don't do the time, don't do the crime. You do the crime, you do the time. And the laptop seems to be showing an awful lot of weird junk and criminal stuff, it appears, from many observers and legal experts who've gleaned it and looked at it all over the place. But he's gallivanting around the globe with dad. He's, he's, you know, he's hanging out in, in Ireland, probably drinking at a pub somewhere. Trying to pick up Irish chicks or something. I mean, th- th- this is what's going on in this current administration. In this current administration right now. Um, <sighs> deception begets deception. There is deception run amok through many bureaucracies of our federal government and through this White House, this current White House. And there's been a lot of that down through history in our, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say there's anything new. But this is of an extraordinary level and depth, I would contend. I would contend that this makes some of the stuff that took place in the Nixon administration almost look like Boy Scout time by comparison. Let's take a break. We've got more Christian talk that rocks straight ahead. Stand by. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the five loves of a Jesus freak. Write them down. Hide them in your heart. Here they are. Love God. Love his word. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor. Love truth. Sound easy? Not likely. If all that does come too easy for you, you're probably not working hard enough. On the other hand, these five loves should become second nature to any authentic Jesus freak. If you let God's grace soften your heart. One more time, love God, love his word, love your enemies, love your neighbor, love truth. Amen. Jesus Freaks Radio is brought to you by DC Talk, the voice of the martyrs, and this station. Welcome to The Truth Today. What is truth? What does your church teach? What are you willing to learn and turn around? Find out on The Truth Today. Today's reading from... Make your holidays magical with Kinder Joy, the unique chocolatey treat plus toy. One half of its iconic egg shape contains layers of sweet creams with crispy wafer bites. The other half has a fun holiday toy designed to spark a child's imagination. Kinder Joy makes the perfect stocking stuffers and great gifts for kids. So open a world of surprise this holiday season. Pick up Kinder Joy at your favorite retailer today. JCPenney's cyber deals are just a click away. Save through Tuesday at jcp.com. Finish your holiday list early and score thousands of online deals before they're gone. Cozy up to 60% off heated blankets and throws. Keep the fam extra warm and outerwear starting at just $14.99. And spoil someone special with our Yes Please Diamonds and Gemstones only $19.99. All the deals, all online. JCPenney, make your holidays count. Offers valid on select styles through 1128 online only. Exclusion supply. Cyber deals excluded from coupons. See jcp.com for details. 
First John chapter 1. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. You're home. You pick up the Bible. You carry it to church. You hold it in your hand. You read verses from it. But do you follow it? Do you obey it? This has been Truth Today. You're listening to Christian Talk That Rocks. A couple of websites for you, christiantalkthatrocks.net or christiantalkthatrocks.com. Check them out live on their email address, talktorichiel at gmail.com, T-A-O-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com, talktorichiel at gmail.com. Well, no surprise, sadly, <laughs> no surprise uh, that um, our uh, our federal government is um many i should say in our federal government are wrapped up more in furthering agendas politicization beyond what would be i guess normal or what you would tolerate with for the, the tolerances of i hesitate to use the phrase deep state that sounds conspiratorial but i understand why people use it and this lens sort of credence to it, this kind of nonsense. And the way things are being handled are maybe more accurately mishandled. Mishandled. And we see this over and over and over again. We see it. We see it. And the um, the policies coming out of the the. Biden administration, which we're going to get into in terms of our economics. We're going to get into some of that here in just a moment. Uh, there's correlation. There's incompetence, and there's in between all this, there is actually a correlation. This this stuff is not isolated. When you start sitting back and looking at the entire mix of incompetency, I don't know that Joe Biden's going to get the nomination. He might run. I don't know that he'll get the nom. I'm not. I don't think it's a guarantee that he's going to get the nomination. And I, I've kind of thought maybe for some time somebody like Gavin Newsom might do. It. In fact, I, in a recent interview, uh, former President Donald Trump kind of said the same thing. I've been saying that for a while myself. Go back and listen to archives. It might be Newsom. Might be Kamala Harris. I don't know. I, I think somebody else may end up getting the nomination. When you see Joe Biden in action, when you hear the way he converses with a lot of people these days, he's very disjointed in his words and his thoughts. But he and Fetterman, I don't know, who's the worst sometimes? That's a senator, supposedly senator, from Pennsylvania, who just recently got out of the hospital, has missed 90 something percent of the votes in the Senate, 80, 90 percent of the votes or something like that. 
the Democrat Party is putting up warm bodies as placeholders. I mean, this, it's kind of gross when you think about it. I mean, it, it's it's sick. I don't know how I don't know how else to put it. And by the way, this show doesn't do Repubs versus Dems. There's other shows that do that. I'm sick of both. But this is really it, it goes beyond crass. I I know there's reluctance on everybody's part to pull the 25th Amendment on Joe Biden because then it's like, well, then we got Kamala Harris as president. You think things are bad now? I get that to a point. But at least I think most of her brain cells are clicking together pretty decently. Uh, that's not what's going on with, with Joe Biden. There's something wrong with Uncle Joe. There's something wrong upstairs. Everybody can see it. Anybody with two eyes, two ears, can, and a brain that's halfway functioning can see it. Again, it reminds me of the story, and I keep using this, this analogy. I, don't, I know it sounds sound like a broken record, but it's like the emperor's new clothes, the story of the emperor's new clothes. The emperor walks around in his new clothes, and actually he's naked. And so finally some little kid says, nah, he ain't got any new clothes on, he's naked. But everybody's afraid to say anything. But everybody knows it. People in the main... Look, he hasn't had a press conference in how many months? Where's the main stink media? If... Don't you think that if... Donald Trump... Had gone that many months without a press conference... The main stink media would be apoplectic. I mean, they would just be bombarding whoever the White House spokesperson is with a million questions. I mean, there'd almost be a riot in the press room. But no, they just kind of, you know, go along with it. Okay, it's the way it is. But but, but the guy is... um, He's not... He's not functioning properly. Things are misfiring in his brain. Things are absolutely misfiring. And we've seen it. There's evidence on top of evidence galore. This is not even debatable anymore. I mean, my gosh. And the, would the Democrat Party dare nominate him? I mean, they could. It's their prerogative. They're right. Would they dare? But would they dare nominate him? And you see Newsom, or, or I like to call him Nuisance. Gavin Nuisance is pretty much touring the country right now. It's like he's pretty much on the campaign trail. Of course, he's, I thought it was pretty hypocritical and weird. He goes down to Florida to tell them how bad things are in Florida. When a lot of Californians have moved from California to Florida and Texas and other parts of the Sun Belt to get away from his crazy stuff and his crazy policies and shutdowns and nonsense. I mean, California is a one-party state, pretty much one-party rule. And people are more people are now leaving California than moving to California. He doesn't seem to have an answer for that. I would actually love to see a debate between DeSantis and Nuisance. DeSantis would mop the floor with him. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. But something's going on. Something's going on. And, and is it is it nuisance that's being groomed, perhaps, to go up against the orange man? I think the orange man would mop the floor with him, too. I think a five-year-old could mop the floor with him. But but who else is right now that we know of, and there may be a dark horse candidate out there that we you know, just aren't aware of yet that hasn't popped. And I've heard uh, Hakeem, Hakeem Jeffries' name th- th- thrown around and some others. But 
I, I, I don't think Bernie Sanders is going to try to jump. Well, he might, but I don't think he'll get anywhere. Bernie Sanders might try to jump up there. He's older than Biden. I, I, and I don't think this has anything to do really with age as much as it has to do with things just aren't firing correctly in Biden's brain. But when you take that, couple it with what's going on with the Hunter thing, the crazy stuff going on around the world, the crazy stuff happening with our economy, and the spin that the mainstream media is putting on all this stuff. We're going to get into this pretty heavy here in a sec. I mean, it's it's nuts. It's just nuts. Um, where, where do you go from here? What's, what's next? I mean, I mean, you almost want to think, okay, what, what's the next shoe to drop here? And it just seems like it's disaster upon disaster. And this administration and the incompetence is glaring. I mean, it's really become amateur hour clown show time. And more and more people are starting to look. And in fact, recent polls are showing in a head-to-head matchup, Orange Man and, and uh, Uncle Joe, Orange Man's ahead. Especially with independents. And by the way, independents are the kind of the deal breakers in these election cycles because there's so darn many independents, which again, I keep saying ought to give <laughs> pause for the cause to both Republicans and Democrats to do some soul searching as to why so many people have said to heck with both you guys. I mean... I don't know, but, um, when you, when you see where the economy is going, I mean, even people, I'm going to play a clip here for, for you from Chuck Todd, just a second, even he, and he's a mainstream media guy and pretty much a lackey for the Dems and almost anybody that's a Dem that's in the white house. But even, even old, uh, Chuck Todd is questioning some things. I'll let you hear a clip here in just a moment. This is being reported by Ian Hanch at Breitbart.com. He's talking about the EV tax credits, the electric vehicle tax credits, you know, the stuff that was in the so-called uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which did little to nothing to reduce inflation, but in fact, it's probably going to raise debt and deficit stuff. He says he thinks it's going to be a hit on uh, debt and de- uh, the debt and the deficit. This isn't going to be all that great. Um, he said the EV tax credits will cost far more than budgeted for. And this was on yesterday's broadcast of NBC's MTP Daily with host uh, Chucky e. Todd, uh, stating that the cost of the electric vehicle tax credits contained in the Inflation Reduction Act, so-called, is going to be far higher than what was budgeted for and will be a hit on our own debt and deficit coming up. This is just going to just add to the ever-increasing uh, federal debt. While discussing the Biden administration's proposal for auto emission standards and aims to push the auto industry towards electrification, Todd noted that lack of raw materials, battery capacities, a lack of charging stations, uh, and the cost of electric vehicles are obstacles to the adoption of electric vehicles. Well, think about, for example, in California, they have these rolling blackouts, and then during fire season, they cut the power because, well, you know, it could spark a, a electrical wire or somewhere that could spark something. So when the power goes out, how are you supposed to charge your electric vehicle exactly? How does that happen? It's like they haven't really thought this thing through. So much of this is emotion and feel good and virtue signaling. And I'm more righteous than you because I'm more for electric vehicles than you are, and you're a lousy person. There's so much self-righteousness that is wrapped up and so much of this uh, new uh, eco stuff, this new ecology stuff. 
this new generation of uh, eco-activists and, and, and ecology people, there's so much self-righteousness wrapped up in this stuff. Uh, and they haven't really sat down in emotion and haven't really sat down and thought these things out and planning these things out. I mean, when, when you're completely trying to switch over to a completely new energy source, and you're really not, if you think about it, how long have we had electricity? How long has there been a grid in this country? I mean, that we could harness. I mean, electricity has been around forever. But I'm talking about in terms of us harnessing it. You know, the late ni- the late 1800s? So we're talking about a, a, an energy system, if you will, that's been around for 120-some-odd, 30-some-odd years. I mean, this isn't exactly new. Somebody's got to generate the electricity. It's got to come from something or somewhere. You know, windmills, coal power plants, dilithium crystals, <laughs> something. I'm still waiting for the dilithium crystals. Do we, do we start mining those on Mars or how, how do we, you know, when do we get those guys? Those, those things had spaceships flying all over the universe at warp speed. I, you know, Hey, a, a little, a little, a little tiny nugget, uh, of those in your automobile ought to do it. Right. That's when are we getting those guys? Uh, w- when does that happen? Anyway, let me let you hear Chuck Todd. Welcome back. Data download time. The Biden administration today announced a proposal for what would be the toughest auto emission standards in U.S. history. And the White House's most ambitious push to date towards reaching uh, some significant carbon reduction goals. If this is enacted, the plan aims to push the auto industry toward nearly full electrification, essentially by the middle of the next decade. It could mean that 67 percent of all new vehicles sold would be electric by 2032. And that's more than two-thirds of all new cars. Now, if successful, it would reduce 10 billion, with a B, tons of CO2 by 2055. It's the equivalent of erasing more than two full years of the CO2 emissions currently produced in the United States. So let's look to see how realistic and how we get here. So as we said, the percent of new car sales right now in 2032 has to hit 67%. Here's where we are in 2022. And it, look, we've had some significant jumps. 2020, 1.7%. It doubles in 2021, nearly doubles in... This is our escape pod. The family wagon. The coupe de thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. JCPenney Cyber Deals are just a click away. Save through Tuesday at jcp.com. Finish your holiday list early and score thousands of online deals before they're gone. Cozy up to 60% off heated blankets and throws. Keep the fam extra warm and outerwear starting at just $14.99. And spoil someone special with our Yes Please Diamonds and Gemstones only $19.99. All the deals, all online. JCPenney, make your holidays count. Offers valid on select styles through 1128 online only. Exclusion supply. Cyber deals excluded from coupons. See jcp.com for details. 2022. So, you know, you go on this doubling and it's not as if we're not going to get close to 67 percent if we stick to that. Um, But that's where we're going to have to be uh, in order to get there. Now, just so you get right now, what it would mean is your entire fleet. So if you're GM, it doesn't it doesn't mean you can't have any gas cars. It just means overall your net grams, essentially, uh, of what you're emitting per mile. In 1975, it was 3.1. And then you can see, starting in 94, we really got stringent here. And right now, this 2025 number of 0.03 
Most of the fleets have already hit that. By about 2017, they hit this. We reduce so carbon emissions this means you got to take it down to 0.01 by 2032. That's the official sort of marker here of measurement that begins this process. So what stands in the way of making that? Well, we've got the old raw material issue. We have battery capacity that we're not yet. Are we going to have the batteries themselves? We also have a charging station issue. I'm going to show you that in a minute. And, of course, the cost of electric vehicles. So let me show you one of those things. Right now, we only have about 130 charging stations. We need 2.3 by 2030 if we're going to have this amount of cars on the road. Now, that said, it means about, over the next seven years, about 300,000 charging stations got to be added at a minimum per year to meet this number. Now, part of the Inflation Reduction Act was, uh, was about doing that. And arguably, we have places to put these charging stations. They're called gas stations. So at some point, working with the oil companies to become charging stations is likely going to be a place we go. Then you look at vehicle she costs, never really get and this away from is the again where experience. the Inflation Reduction Act comes in. Right now, the average overall vehicle price just under 50 grand. Average electric vehicle is just over 60 grand. This that. Inflation Reduction Act gives you a tax credit of $7,500. That brings the cost down here to about 5400 so then you'd have a $5,000 difference. This, however, by the way, the amount now that we expect consumers to use this tax credit is going to be far higher than we expect uh, than what was budgeted for. That's going to be a hit on our own uh, debt and deficit coming up. Yeah. In other words, what Chuck Todd is saying is many words is math don't work. The math just doesn't work for this. And again, when you almost need to mortgage your home, in fact, ran into the lovely Mrs. L and I uh, today, this morning, ran into uh, a neighbor who said, Have you guys mortgage, have put out a, get a mortgage on your house or a second mortgage on your house to pay for these groceries? Like, <laughs> you know, I know what you mean. <laughs> and we're supposed to be trying to buy electric cars. It costs 60 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, in what fantasy, unicorn fantasy world? Phone screen cracked? Oh, no. No problemo. Martinsville's premier store for all wireless repairs. Yes, it's Bonos Wireless, certified technician for service on iPhone, Android, iPad, and tablets. Yes, all phones specializing in screen repairs. Bo has prepaid phones starting at $60 and unlimited prepaid services starting at just $30. They have carrier services on five different prepaid services from Verizon, Page Plus, Total Wireless, Net 10, and others. If you want your phone right, it's got to be done at Bo Knows Wireless. For repairs, buy, sell, and trade, it's Bo Knows Wireless. Stop in at 1620 Virginia Avenue across from Sports Lane in Martinsville. Call them at 638-6380. That's 638-6380. Bo Knows Wireless. Hi, I'm Danny Ayala. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember to hire smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org.
just want to share with you an op-ed from Carol Roth of The Blaze. You know, the media is running cover for the Fed on inflation and, and no, well, for the Biden administration, too. I mean, all of this. And and she points this out. March CPI's reading, of course, is out. It's, and it's not good with the headline inflation still. This is core inflation still recording at a substantial 5% year over year increase. In other words, it's still high. But the media and the lead, of course, are at it again. She said the same folks who said that there will be no inflation. It is transitory. It's good for you. It only hurts the rich. It's consume. It's a consumer's fault. It's greedy business's fault. It's Putin's fault. And that you should maybe try eating lentils are now perplexed that you aren't thankful for what is still very high inflation. It's still a very high inflation level. You un, you ungrateful peasants. As a recent headline pondered, inflation is falling. Why aren't people noticing? Sounds very let them eat cake, or rather let them eat cake that is 20% smaller than the cake they ate a couple of years ago with a 15% price increase. Aren't you excited about this? The media asks, while the headline growth is coming down, inflation's impact is cumulative and significant. In fact, if you look at the index graph of the CPI inflation since January 2021, the month that Biden took off, his cumulative costs have risen by double digits since 2021 started. And, of course, wages haven't kept pace. That doesn't seem like much to celebrate. Oh, and by the way, gang, we're all being told that, of course, this summer, here in a month or two, um, starting roughly around Memorial Day weekend, you know, the the gas always magically starts going up, right? Because they say, well, we've had to change the formulas, the... The uh, refineries have to sort of retool and this and that, bit of bottom, man, you know, the, there's alignments on the stars that change or whatever. So anyway, we have to raise the uh, price of gas. Well, guess what that's going to affect? Everything. So watch for prices this summer as fuel costs go up. Oh, and we have, no, we have very little uh, petroleum reserve, strategic reserve to tap anymore because that thing's about empty. So the price of everything else will go up substantially. So if you think inflation's over with, <laughs> well, it's not. Just to let you know. And, of course, they don't want you to see this. They don't want you to, to look any of this stuff. Uh, the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics Super Price Index for all American consumers, by the way. This is uh, their numbers. While people are suffering with a decline in purchasing power and racking up more debt, the people who have caused and run cover for inflation over the past couple of years are predict- predictably slapping themselves on the back for what a great job that they think they are doing. Yeah. And while they ponder why you aren't more thankful... Accountability is nowhere in sight. There is no acknowledgement by the Federal Reserve of its role in creating massive wealth transfers from Main Street America to Wall Street or even the banking crisis. Officials certainly haven't admitted that their destructive monetary policy over the past 15 or so years, including around nine years of zero interest rate policy and ballooning their balance sheet to nine trillion bucks, played a substantial role in the inflation Americans are bearing. Oh, no. The Federal Reserve had nothing to do with it. Nothing. Oh, no. They're all innocent. The government, including the Biden administration, isn't being accountable either. The stimulus that stimulated the economy too much isn't being evaluated or apologized for. And in fairness, that started up under under Trump. Moreover, the government and the Biden administration aren't helping the quest to curtail inflation at all. The CBO reported that the U.S. government deficit for the first half of fiscal year 2023 
was a whopping one point one trillion four hundred thirty uh, five hundred. I'm sorry, four hundred thirty billion rather more than the same time last year. Wait a minute! I thought inflation was supposed to be getting reduction. We, we, did we have a reduction act come out in the fall, early fall? What, what about seven eight months ago? Wasn't that supposed to bring inflation down? Oh, you mean it's still going up? Well, I guess that didn't work. Oh well. Better luck next time, right? Officials refuse to take action on the supply side, too. They won't reverse course on their dangerous energy policies or enact any policies that remove the barriers they have created. Another key market, such as labor and housing. While they destroy your wealth, they wonder why you haven't busted out the champagne and caviar. They wonder, but they don't care. And they won't do anything to take accountability to stop it from happening again. First, don't let them forget when it's time to vote again. It was their fault, right? Well, Americans tend to vote, generally speaking, their wallets anyway. Tend to vote wallets anyway. But yeah, the media is just, uh, they're, running, they're still running the cover. They're still saying, well, you know, you guys, you're just not grateful. You're a bunch of complainers and crybabies. Well, we do have plenty of complainers and crybabies in this country. I've always said that. But uh, some of this is legitimate. Now, there's a new poll out that says majority say the middle class not benefiting at all from Joe Biden's policies. Being reported by Wendell Use, Breitbart.com. American middle class families who are most likely to serve in the military and pay an overwhelming percentage of their income in federal taxes are not benefiting from the policies of Biden's administration, a recent Monmouth University poll revealed. Only 10% of Americans believe the middle class has benefited a lot, while 51% say the middle class has actually not benefited at all. In fact, I'd say they've suffered. The numbers have only deteriorated under President Joe Biden's leadership in the first months of his term. Moore said the middle class benefited a lot, 19% in June 2021, and fewer said not at all, 36%. The poll found now it's kind of flipped around. Director of the Independent Monmouth University Polling Institute, Patrick Murray, slammed Biden for not keeping his campaign promises. Quote, Biden's appeal when he ran for president was that he understands the average Joe. A reaction to his policy agenda, however, suggests it is an area where he remains weak. Well, of course, he's got brain cells not clicking together properly. What do you expect? A plurality of Americans, 38%, describe themselves among the middle class. And, and by the way, when I, say, I don't mean to be mean when I say that. I'm just stating fact. I feel sorry for the guy. There's a part of me that I feel sorry for his family. My family dealt with, uh, on both sides, has dealt with people with Alzheimer's. And my family, and, and mental deterioration. It's horrible to watch. It's tragic. It's heartbreaking. Priority of Americans, 38% describe themselves among the middle class. According to the poll, 29% identify as working class, arguably middle class. 14% as poor, and just 16% as upper middle class or higher. Compared to the years under the Trump administration, a greater number of Americans say they are financially struggling in the Biden America. Overall, 4 in 10 Americans say they are struggling to remain where they are financially, while 46% feel their finances are stable. Just 12% said that their situation was improving. Uh, the current results are in line with polling conducted last year in prior polls conducted between 2017 and 2021. All right, so most most folks are saying, most middle-class folks, and most folks are saying, yeah, middle-class is taking it on the chin. Yeah. I'd say that's probably true. I hear and see a lot of complaints about uh, the, the bills for just the necessities that people are buying, clothing, food, stuff.
stuff to wash your clothes in. The few clothes that you're hanging on to. They're starting to get a little raggedy around the edges. Back with more. This is the Family Comedy Minute. Let's enjoy some fun with the comedy of Rich Prater. We were supposed to get married on uh, May 22nd, but we got married on July 30th. Um, the day before the wedding, we got in- into our only argument. We broke up right before the wedding. True story. Everything was all planned out. We broke up, and we decided, you know, let's, you know, let's just take some time. And it was one of the saddest days of my life. But the good news was, was I saved a bunch of money on car insurance by switching to Geico. <laughs> but I think when God was creating the woman, I think he was walking around going, what can I create that would confuse and baffle the man so much that his only choice would be to turn to me. We hope you've enjoyed this Family Comedy Minute, brought to you by New Missions. Tell us what you think at FamilyComedyRadio.com. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo? This is our escape pod. The family wagon. The Coupe de Thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. JCPenney Cyber Deals are just a click away. Save through Tuesday at jcp.com. Finish your holiday list early and score thousands of online deals before they're gone. Cozy up to 60% off heated blankets and throws. Keep the fam extra warm and outerwear starting at just $14.99. And spoil someone special with our Yes Please Diamonds and Gemstones only $19.99. All the deals, all online. JCPenney, make your holidays count. Offers valid on select styles through 1128 online only. Exclusion supply. Cyber Deals excluded from coupon. See jcp.com for details. When you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99. Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember to hire smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. No one is too old to put their trust in Jesus Christ. 
When I was growing up, I was praying for my grandparents for so many years, and then finally, when my grandpa was in his late 70s, he decided to follow Jesus. Now, his health was declining, and he started to have strokes, and just before he died, I was able to share the gospel of Jesus with my grandma, and at two in the morning, she made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time. She shouted down the hallway, Jesse, you can sleep well tonight. I believe what you believe, and I ran to the hospital the next day and told my grandpa, and his tears came down from his eyes. He just knew not only would he be in heaven, but my grandma would too. Keep praying for people. Keep sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You never know at what age they're going to decide to put their trust in him. For more information, go to activatelife.org. Everybody online looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, Get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. You're well into the second hour of Christian Talk That Rocks. Don't worry. Uh, it's painless for the most part. Well, it might be a little bit of discomfort, but, you know, that's why you got your uh, little bag in front of you, uh, your airbag sickness thing. Yeah, just pull that out if you need to. A couple of websites, ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or ChristianTalkThatRocks.com. Live on your email address, talk to richiel at gmail.com, T-A-L-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com. Several ways to get this broadcast in podcast format. Here's a handful. Uh, Player FM, Anchor FM, Launchpad 1, Deezer, Stitcher, Mixerbox, Good Pods, just to name a few. Also, flagship station WMVA, The Gold Rush, which will rebroadcast this particular show Saturday at 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. You can be found at WMVARadio.com, Radio.net, and Odyssey.com. Newest affiliate, NetNews Network, which can be found at NetNewsNetwork.net. A lot of nets in there. And uh, we'll have this show up a little later on there for you to freely download at your pleasure and leisure. Also, streaming live on on the days when this show uh, is going live. Uh, is uh, Thunderous Radio, uh, which, by the way, streams the show live again at uh, 2.06 p.m. Eastern, roughly, at, and ends, wraps up at about 4 p.m. Eastern, roughly. That's East Coast time, U.S., of course, back it up, Central Mountain and Pacific. By the way, the hyperlinks for Thunderous Radio can be found at christiantalkthatrocks.net or .com, or you can search for Thunderous Radio at streamater.com, radio.net, and mytuner. Dot com. You can only look for the icon that is black and blue, has well, to one side kind of a lightning bolt thing coming down, and that's on the left, and then on the right, you'll see Thunderous Radio. That's the icon you want to look for. So there's some other Thunderous Radio icons and things out there. Uh, but uh, and, and we're hoping to get the Thunder... It's a long story. <laughs> I don't have time to go into it. We're hoping soon, maybe within the next month or two-ish, to get ThunderousRadio.com back up. Okay, to get that back up. Um, I own the domain. I just need to find a place to host it. It's too long of a story to get into. Too long of a story to get into. All right. Long stories, though. Here's one that I am going to get into. Jobless claim. And they're always... Economists were dismayed. Economists were surprised. Economists were disappointed. Economists were stunned. Economists were wrong. Economists did not expect. It was less than economists had expected. It was more than economists had expected. 
economists, I think, have a track record worse than the weatherman. Jobless claims climbed to 239,000, highest since January 2022, being reported by John Carney Breitbart. Number of Americans making initial claims for jobless benefits rose last week, indicating some slow-motion progress in the Federal Reserve's campaign to lower demand for U.S. labor and create, by the way, a recession, which is already here, by the way. And this is more evidence that we are in a mild, and have been for, I would say, roughly a year, a very mild, and insofar as recessions go, but a recession. And I'm sticking to my guns on that. And now we are starting to see what ha- oftentimes happens with recession. Jobless claims going up. Layoffs happening. These will continue, gang. Okay? Uh, initial claims rose by 11,000 to 239,000 for the week ending on April 8th, inching above the Wall Street estimate. Of 235,000. They were wrong, as usual, according to data released by the Department of Labor on Thursday. Previous week was unrevised at 228,000. This is the highest level of initial claims since January 2022. Oops. Claims can be volatile week to week, so many economists look to the four-week average of claims to detect underlying trends in employment or unemployment, as the case may be. The average moved up. The highest level since November of 2021. Oops. Despite the rise in initial claims, continuing claims fell by 13,000 in the week ending April 1 to 1.81 million. Four-week moving average was 1.8 and some change million, up 9,500 from the previous week's unrevised average. This is the highest level for average since November 13, 2021. Department of Labor recently revised its seasonal adjustments to remove some of the modifications to the jobless claims estimates put in place to offset distortions caused by the pandemic. In other words, they're kind of, you know, doctoring the numbers here. Okay. So that's a trend line that for several weeks now has continued. And it's not a good one. And that is oftentimes a sign or one of the symptoms, if you will, of recession. Remember, we have the two-week, contra- we have the two-month contract, or the back to- two-quarter rather, back-to-back contracts. Oh yeah, but there wasn't any jobless stuff, so that doesn't count. Well, now there is jobless stuff, so does it count now? Now does it count? Now is somebody going to have the guts to say we're in a recession? See, that's not very politically expedient right now when you're trying to get your guy, whose uh, brain cells don't kick together too good. Uh, to maybe run again for president and maybe win. Doesn't look real good because people in both parties know, and in all parties, know that Americans tend to vote their wallets. Right now the wallets are being hammered. And if people start, more and more people start getting laid off, which they are, then guess what's going to happen? The party that's in power in the White House is going to get hammered. You could almost run... I don't know, a squirrel against them. You could, you, could, you could run Rocky the Squirrel against them, and they'd probably win. You could run SpongeBob SquarePants for president, Patrick Starr for VP, and probably win. Right? So you're going to see in the days, months, weeks, etc. ahead... More doctoring, more of the media saying, ah, it's not that bad. Don't believe your lying eyes. 
economy's not as bad as you're being told. Don't listen to this one. Don't listen to that one. Don't listen to podcasters. Don't listen to the people on social media. Don't listen to all these other people. Don't listen to talk radio. Nah, they don't know what they're talking about. Just listen to what we're saying on our network. We're the ones that are in the know. We're the ones that have the, the real information. They all, of course, will have a parade of economists on there that, you know, probably Keynesian economists that will come on and say it's not all that bad. And, well, you know, that we're going to be, that, yeah, we're experiencing a little bit of pain right now, but it's kind of like when you're sick and you go to the doctor and they give you a shot. And well, it's going to be better. It, it's, this, is, this is short term. A little short-term pain for the long-term gain. Wait for that one, if it isn't already out there. Wait for that little uh, line to be just everywhere in main stink media. Be on bumper stickers. And you'll have the usual people trotted out, you know. The usual uh, professors of economics at the University of whatever... Pepperdine University, or whatever, you know, just take the university, and they'll trot these bespectacled, bearded uh, professors out there, you know, in their little home office, and, well, Bob and Jane, uh, things are a little bumpy right now, but we're going to get past all this. This is what happens with the economy. Look, we were in a pandemic that was going on for three years, and, uh, you know, you can expect some of this. And, of course, you got the war in, in the Ukraine and the Russians and the Chinese and the, and the Japanese and the, this knees and that knees and everybody, and it's, it's just what happens. You need to just, people need to just relax, and, and yeah, I know eggs are kind of expensive, but at least you got eggs. I mean, come on. So these guys will be out there and gals. They probably interview how much pot they smoke before they put them on the network so they can make sure they got an idiot. <laughs> They'll go along with whatever game they're playing. So you, you can expect all of that. You, you, I mean, you, you know, you, you've seen this game before. Come on. You, know, you don't need me to tell you this. You've seen how this generally plays out. Uh, so economically... We're seeing the groundwork laying for, again, recession. We are in one. It's a mild one, but it's going to get worse. There will be more layoffs. And the Federal Reserve doesn't care because they are not a Federal nor Reserve to begin with. They're a private bank, and they don't care if they destroy half of our economy to you know keep themselves in their nest feathered and uh, keep the, the dollar going. But, but how much longer can the dollars withstand this stuff? I mean, that's the, the long-term question here. How much longer can our dollar remain sort of the fallback currency of the world? I don't think much longer. Again, the, the simple definition of inflation is more dollars chasing fewer goods, meaning that the dollar has been devalued. That's what you're looking at, gang, is a devalued dollar. And as inflation keeps creeping up, the value of the dollar keeps going down. You want to know why all these guys are getting on TV telling you know, it's time to buy gold? I mean, gold is going through the roof. Gold is a um, sort of a fallback um, currency, really, if you want to get technical about it. A fallback medium of exchange. We used to have a dollar based on the precious metal system, gold, silver, etc. We haven't been on that standard since the Nixon era. And I think since then we've probably paid for it. 
And there are people that are a little nervous around the world about the U.S. dollar and turning to other currencies and other uh, mediums of value. Of course, the whole uh, cryptocurrency Bitcoin thing has been looking a bit shaky in recent days, hasn't it? So that's a lot of people are kind of, you don't know about that. Banks failing. So there's some there's some nervousness out there, and justifiably so. Justifiably so. And, and let me go back to this, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Ever since Congress abdicated its authority, read your Constitution. Congress is the one that's supposed to set the value and worth of the coin and the coinage and all that sort of stuff. Well, you know, kind of along with the Treasury, but basically that's Congress's purview. Well, 20, and, uh, in 1913, they said, well, let's set the Federal Reserve. Let's let them kind of do it. We'll, you know, go off and do other things. We don't have time to fool around with that kind of economic junk, and we won't get blamed for it anyway when it goes south. So let's just let this Federal Reserve bunch of folks handle it, even though they're not really Federal or a Reserve. And ever since then, we've seen these wild swings economically. In fact, within 16 years, just 16 short years of the Federal Reserve being established, we had the Great Depression. Yeah, that worked out well. And we've been playing catch-up ever since. Now, there's been a move in recent days and years to um, audit the Fed. Audit the Fed? Why don't we just abolish the Fed? And let's get back to the Constitution. You see, when we veer away from the rules, the instruction manual on how our constitutional republic is supposed to function and work, bad things tend to start happening. Have you noticed that trend line? Just like when you quit obeying the Bible and quit following God's word, things tend to start going south. Churches that began to modify or abandon God's word, notice how things in those churches, in the church in general, tends to start going south. This is why I keep harping back on the two parallels, the Bible and the Constitution. And we're doing a grand job of ignoring both in this country. And then we wonder why we've got the problems we've got. Hmm, gee, I wonder. And I'll use the analogy again as I have used ad nauseum ad infinitum. It's just like a dad, about 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning, Christmas Day. He's been working on little Johnny's bicycle all night and for some reason, he can't figure out why this bicycle suddenly looks like a wheelbarrow. Because he never followed the instructions. You know, oh, I can put this thing together. I used to have a bike when I was, I used to build bikes out of spare parts when I was a kid. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, this doesn't look right. This handlebar, it's loose. It's, kid gets on this, it's going to fall apart. Yeah, because you didn't follow the instruction manual, dummy. <laughs> you got to follow the instruction manual. And when you don't, things tend to not go right, do they? See, I'm simplifying all this for you. I'm boiling it all down for you. We've all but abandoned the Constitution in our, in our government, in our governments, and we've all but abandoned the Bible in many of our churches. And we wonder why things are going the way they're going. Why things are going to hell in a handbasket. Gee, I wonder. I wonder. Let's ponder that as we go to break. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. This is Max McLean. 
God created all things by His Word. How does the Word have the power to create? Because His Word is a person. Listen to the Bible from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through Him, the world did not recognize Him. From John 1, listen to the Bible. It's great for the soul. Hear more at RadioBible.org. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Now, back to the talk show that tastes a lot like chicken. Here's your host, Richie L. Now, on the good news front, and I do have some, uh, it looks like some churches are uh, starting to do something that I've argued for for a long time. Um, it looks like that some churches now, some churches are starting to help people pay off some legitimate debts, i.e. medical debts. Uh, this is being reported by Yonat Shimron, Religion News Service. Uh, for many congregations, wiping out medical debt has become a popular calling. While donations from religious groups constitute less than 20% of RIP medical debt's overall revenue, they are becoming an increasingly common way for congregations to do social justice of sorts. It's also being reported, uh, Dateline here uh, in Durham, North Carolina. Members of First Presbyterian Church decided to launch a capital campaign to expand and renovate their imposing Gothic Revival edifice. They also want to take on a service project to help the poor. The congregation settled on raising 50000 bucks to eliminate medical debt for people living below the poverty line. Helping ease medical debt, especially for people of color, is an increasingly popular social justice project among liberal Christian, Jewish, and Muslim congregations. Over the past few years, some 800 U.S. congregations have partnered with RIP Medical Debt to do so. The nine-year-old nonprofit uses donations to buy large bundled portfolios of medical debt from collection agencies and other third parties at a steep discount. It then turns around and notifies people their debts have been erased. Uh, quote, for churches seeking to make a difference for those suffering under the weight of debt, this is an instrument we can use to try to take it off their shoulders so everyone can flourish, said Reverend Mindy Douglas, pastor of First Presbyterian. Last year, the church was able to raise almost 26000 bucks and pay off $5 million of medical debt in Durham and surrounding counties. Uh, this spring, the church will kick off the second leg of its campaign with the goal of raising at least $25,000 more. Now, here's my caveat. I like this. And I don't care the person's skin color. It needs to be for everyone. 
But it needs to be first within the with those within the church. Scripture says to give to all men, but especially to the household of faith. Now, if we go back into the book of Acts, you recall where it says that many had homes and, and properties and houses and farm, blah, 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 lands. And they sold that and laid the, and laid the uh, proceeds at the apostles' feet and distribution was made to any as had need. Now that, that, now, that wasn't just to the crowds in Jerusalem at large. That was to people within the church, the widows, the orphans, the needy within the church. That was an in-house ministry. You understand? I'm sure there were plenty of beggars on the street. And I don't think the Lord uh, has a problem with us helping the beggars on the street. Jesus said, you'll always have the poor with you. But we have to make sure the, 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 the focus is, or the bulk of the focus is, on those within our fellowships who are struggling. And then if we've got some left over, sure, give it to the you know other folks around. Um, let's see, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1 says, Now concerning the contribution for the saints, for who the saints? All right, so what's contributed, those that get, get first dib are within the church, the saints. Okay? Uh, in Ephesians, you, you see a, a phrase in some translations, the ministry of the saints. It's, it's saints ministering to saints. So we have to make sure we're taking care of the needy within our church first. Then if we've got some extra, okay, fine. Then, you know, help the bum on the street or whatever, or help another needy family that's, you know, not within your fellowship. Okay, fine. I don't have a problem with that. But let's start first within the fellowship. This has to start first as an in-house ministry. This is my caveat to this. I like this, and I've argued for this for years, but this has to start within the family. In fact, Scripture even goes so far as to say anyone who, who will not provide for his own flesh, and some translations say his own family, is worse than an infidel or non-believer and has departed from the faith. Because this is the faith, part of the faith. Is giving to the needy. Big part of it. Love must go into action. All right. So anyway, this has become a popular cause. Eliminating uh, the, the medical has become a popular cause over the past few years. Uh, in fact, uh, Georgia Democrat Stacey Abrams donated $1.34 million to RIP through her political action committee, wiping out about 212, helping to wipe out, along with others, $212 million in medical debt for 108,000 people in five states. Um, Trey Young and uh, football wide receiver Michael Thomas have also donated to RIP. Last year, philanthropist Mackenzie Scott added about $30 million and $50 million, uh, She donated to RIP in 2020. So I like this, but it needs to be within, I mean, it needs to start within the body of Christ first and then deal with those in the body of Christ first. Let me, let me shift gears here a bit to another article that, that parallels this, that, um, I got a hold of today. And this is, uh, let me find it here, a church in Nebraska. This is, this is a church in Nebraska. And they wiped out medical debt for 500 families. 
Love has to be expressed in actions. This is being reported by Steve Warren, CBN. A link in Nebraska Church's 13-month campaign helped raise more than half a million dollars to pay off the medical bills of local residents. The first Plymouth Congregational Church's effort started at 8000 bucks with a desire to help a few neighbors in need, according to the Lincoln Journal-Star. 13 months later, it had raised more than 520000 bucks in donations. See, people want to—this is what I've been arguing for years. People aren't so much about, well, let's, you know— fix up the edifice of our church building and get a new PA system and repave the parking lot and, and mega churches who have, you know, pastors making a million bucks a year. They're a little slow to donate to that sort of stuff. But when they see legitimate needs, that's when people start um, really generously giving. Again, I'll point back to the book of Acts where people were selling homes, and, and they weren't selling necessarily their home that they lived in, they were selling their extra homes, in other words, their nest eggs, their investments. They were, liquid, they were liquidating their investments and laying the proceeds at the apostles' feet and said distribution was made any had has need, but understand that what was within the church, okay, within the needy, uh, because there was a distribution system that they had set up. You can read that in the book of Acts. Um, uh, I quote, I had no idea it would go so viral, said Reverend Jim Keck, He's a church's senior pastor. He told the outlet, he said, you wouldn't think a pastor would do this. I underestimated people's generosity. Most pastors do about things that are exciting like this. Uh, in fact, uh, Easter Sunday, when the fundraising campaign officially ended, contributions for the church's project came in from an estimated 10,000 people, some from outside Nebraska, although a majority were from Lincoln, the Journal Star reported. In a sermon Sunday, Keck spoke about love and the many definitions and expressions of the word love and that it has. He also announced the results of the church's campaign to pay off families' medical debt, which was love in action. In fact, if, if you do a study in the New Testament on giving, you'll find the word love nearby. For God so loved the world, he what? Gave his only begotten son. You almost can't separate the two. Now, in your King James, you'll find the word charity. Uh, that's where we get our word modern uh, vernacular of the word charity uh, is something that you give to that really means love in giving or giving in love when you see the word charity and your in your king james in your mind you should go giving in love all right that's what that means and uh it, it's part of the koinonia um uh, type of love thing that that was happening and that paul and everybody talked about and harped on that was happening in the early church they were giving to those in need, predominantly within the church. Again, Scripture says give to all men, but especially to those of household of faith. Um, the Apostle Paul said, look, I, wor I worked night and day. He told the, told the Ephesians, he said, look, I, when I was with you, I chose no name but Christ and him crucified. He said, I worked night and day, take care not only of my needs, but the needs of his ministry team. He said, thereby setting you an example that you should work and so that you can help cases of urgent need. He meant predominantly within the church. In other words, you're not just working for a living, you're working for a giving. Uh, he said, sometimes love has to be expressed in actions. We have had an initiative all year that is just love on the move. Past, a senior pastor explained, the church decided that... 
Make your holidays magical with Kinder Joy, the unique chocolatey treat plus toy. One half of its iconic egg shape contains layers of sweet creams with crispy wafer bites. The other half has a fun holiday toy designed to spark a child's imagination. Kinder Joy makes the perfect stocking stuffers and great gifts for kids. So open a world of surprise this holiday season. Pick up Kinder Joy at your favorite retailer today. This is our escape pod, the family wagon, the coupe de thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. There were too many homes right now in our neighborhood that were saddled with medical debt, like shackles. When you have a debt, you just can't get on top of. And so the church decided that every dime that went into the collection plate all year long, and that ends today, we'll pass the plate one more time today, that every dime would go to forgive medical debt of homes right here in central Lincoln, he continued. Keck told the audience the debt collector agreed to give the uh, anonymized profiles to keep people's privacy and would be homes located around the church with no street addresses. It would, it would say like a single mother with two kids owes a thousand bucks. She's paying five fifty a month and isn't ever going to get on top of it. He continued. So each month you put money in the plate and then each month we brought as many of those as possible, et cetera, et cetera. He said, this is you. He told the congregation as of this morning, we will hit somewhere around 550,000. Uh, First Plymouth's Just Neighbors Helping Neighbors with Medical Debt website said the church's campaign to raise funds to pay off people's medical debts began in March of 2022. Keck told the Journal Star there was no screening process for the people who benefited from the church's efforts, Keck said. It was an act of pure inclusion, which is such a central ethic here. Uh, as of su- well, I'll get into that. As a Sunday, the church's Just Neighbors website reads in bold letters the good news from the First Plymouth paid in full. As CBN News has reported over the last several years, churches all over the country are helping their congregations and their neighbors eliminate their medical debt. Uh, Well, there is a screening process of sorts, and it's supposed to be... um, (laughs) It's supposed to be your deacons. The the deacons have to be in between the giving and then then where that giving goes towards and to make sure it's going towards legitimate needs, not just somebody, you know kind of playing the system, shall we say. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, the apostle said, look, enroll those only who are genuine widows, those that have no family to help them. But if they got family, tell their family to help them. Uh, last December, Access Church in Lakeland, Florida, helped their community reach financial freedom by paying off more than $1.6 million in medical debt. Pastor Jason Burns told CBN News that 1,315 families received letters in the mail saying their medical debt had been paid. Access Church partnered with an organization that buys a debt in bulk and then dissolves it. The recipients were people whose household income was less than half the federal poverty line, leaving them crippled with by medical debt. CBN, uh, CBN News reported in February 2022, the United Church of Christ, UCC, gave a peace of mind to people across the country by paying off more than $100 million bucks in medical debt. Cleveland, Ohio-based denomination announced it has canceled $33 million of patient medical debt in the, in the Buckeye State, Bring the total debt cancellation by the church in a two-year period to 104 million. As a Valentine's Day expression of love, 10,757 households in 70 Ohio counties received letters telling them their medical debt had been eliminated. 
Letters to the funds that had abolished his debt were generously provided by the United Church of Christ. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome in our churches. You are beloved by God, and your debt has been forgiven. So uh, this type of thing I've been harping on and harping for for a long time, and not just medical debt, but uh, you know those in genuine need. You see, the church is supposed to be a self-contained economic unit. Our focus shouldn't be uh, repadding the pews, repaving the parking lot, putting up a bigger steeple because we want our steeple to be bigger and taller than the steeple of the church down the road and that kind of nonsense. It needs to be not for the tinker toys and articles of religiosity and religion, but for helping those in genuine need. Again, let me refer to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1, now concerning the contribution for the who? The saints. The who? The saints. The who? The saints. The contributions? Yeah. In other words, when the collection plate is passed, then the next words, after the, after all the money goes into the uh, collection bucket, then the next words need to be, okay, now who has legitimate needs? All right? But how many churches really do that? But those that do, they have this kind of success. Those that are willing to step out in faith on Scripture and obey what Scripture says on this stuff, wow, look what happens. Again, like I said before we went to break, following uh, before I think it was top of the hour break, following the Constitution, following the Bible. When our governments, when our politicians ditch the Constitution, when churches ditch the Bible, yeah, stupid junk starts happening. Duh. This isn't rocket science. <laughs> this It's not, gang. <laughs> so when we thumb our nose at God, when we thumb our nose at what the founders gave us, yeah, goofy bad junk is going to start happening. Stands to reason. Stands to logical reason. Let's take a break. Now, one of the things that has increased in the churches, sadly, or increased amongst Christians, I should say, is anti-Christian bigotry. We've been talking about this. Got a little bit more on this. Dive into this a little deeper, shall we say. Stick around. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers, plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. 
Anti-Christian hostility on the rise. Anti-Christian hostility reaching unprecedented levels in culture government under Biden. Observers are now warning. Talked about this the other day. It's increasing. Anti-Christian sentiment is increasingly emerging from state and corporate actors. Multiple nonprofit leaders are now saying. And they're right. In fact, uh, the FBI's investigation, one of the big stories, the FBI's investigation on Catholics is an excuse to persecute political enemies on the left. Religious nonprofits who spoke to Fox News Digital warned of increasing cultural and government hostility toward Catholics and other Christians under the Biden administration. Their warnings come amid skyrocketing rates of church vandalism, legislation targeting church sacraments, and the alleged weaponization of federal law enforcement against people of faith. Let's hear a couple clips here in a minute. In fact, one from a a sitting lawmaker in uh, D.C. I think it's the rise in secularism in the United States. Ariel Del Turco, assistant director of the Center for Religious Liberty at the Family Research Council, FRC, told Fox News Digital. Turco is the primary author of Hostility Against Churches is on the Rise in the United States. The FRC's report documenting the increasing rate of church vandalism in the U.S. during the recent years. In an update published this month, the report noted that uh, 2023 is already on track to log the highest number of church vandalism incidents within the six years FRC has been tracking them. What does that tell you? According to the report, 69 acts of hostility against churches in 29 states have already occurred during the first quarter of the year including 53 acts of vandalism, 10 arson attacks or attempts, three gun-related incidents, three bomb threats, and two other incidents such as assault. The statistics represent approximately three times the number of hostile acts that the FRC recorded in the same time frame last year. Um, in fact, uh, as, as secularism increases. People just understand religion less and less. They have less of respect for religion uh, that they might have had decades ago. Again, that according to Del Turco, of what might be driving someone to vandalize the church. She also uh, pinpointed a conflict between Christianity and secular dogmas rooted in the sexual revolution, such as abortion, same-sex marriage, and other LGBTQ et cetera, et cetera, issues. Quote, all these are increasingly in conflict with core Christian teachings and core Christian beliefs. So the left is getting increasingly intolerant of Christianity for this reason. And I think we're seeing that even being represented physically with these physical attacks on churches. And you're going to see more of it, gang. You're going to see a lot more of it. Noting that while churches across multiple denominations of Christianity have been attacked, Del Turco said Roman Catholic churches especially tend to be the primary targets. Quote, I think that's because they are just a beautiful outward representation of Christianity, she said, of Catholic church buildings. They have these beautiful buildings. They have statues outside, but also they are expressly pro-life. So they do bear the brunt of most of these attacks. And, of course, um, it came out that the FBI uh, allegedly put, well, what else to call them, but spies, um, operatives inside many Catholic uh, parishes, inside many Catholic churches, to, I guess, report back to the FBI and DOJ on uh, people, in, I guess, talking terrorism or whatever. Kind of creepy stuff. Nazi Germany did this with synagogues back in the day. They were putting spies in the 
in the synagogues pretending to be Jews and kind of spying on them, and then they can say, oh, well, you know, this Jew said this, and Jew said, ah, okay. Uh, so I, we've seen this playbook before. We've seen this happen before. This this is nothing new. Nothing new at all. Um, in fact, uh, I'm going to hear a clip from Congressman Mike Johnson talking about that particular episode. Let me let you hear this. And he raises some... I think salient points. What's behind all this? Where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? And it has increased under this hostility towards Christians and towards faith has increased under the Biden administration. It has definitely increased. There's no way around that one. of Catholic churches, all as part of an effort to fight domestic terrorism. For more on this, let's bring in Louisiana Republican Congressman Mike Johnson. He's a member of the House Judiciary Committee, the House Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, and the House Armed Services Committee. Congressman, you're a man of many hats. Thank you for your time today. Um, first question I have for you, your committee found out about this via the uh, an FBI memo from the Richmond Field Office and a couple of lines from it. It says it was part of an effort to uh, target main Catholic parishes, uh, and they wanted to, quote, mitigate the threat of radical traditionalist Catholics. Congressman, what is a radical traditionalist Catholic? Yeah. Well, you can probably translate that into someone who's committed to the pro-life position, but this is as outrageous as it is dangerous. It shows an utter disregard for our most fundamental constitutional freedoms protected by the Constitution. We know for a fact, this is not conjecture on our part, we have the documents to show just as you said, that FBI officials wanted to develop sources among Catholic clergy and, and church leadership to inform on Americans practicing their faith. They effectively wanted to recruit undercover agents to, to be on the, on the pews, uh, to monitor and report on parishioners. It's just incredible, some of the things we're finding. And, and you know, a lot of this um, anti-Catholicism, and now look, I, I've got... I've got issues with the Catholic Church, <laughs> and I voiced those and aired those on this show. I got issues with the Protestant Church, frankly. Um, I've got issues with both camps that I have been very vocal on, and just overall uh, with the churches in the West in general, overall with the growing apostasy. So I've been very critical of uh, of Catholics, Protestants, the whole the whole enchilada, as they say. Uh, but it, it's that's been more of, of coming at things from a um, theological perspective. But I'm not for uh, obviously trashing, vandalizing church buildings and harassing members of either side of that uh, Christian camp of those Christian camps. The, the, this this hostility that has I have warned over the years was, was going to become more institutionalized. We're there, gang. It's institutionalized. We're there. Bill Donahue, president of the Catholic League, told Fox News Digital, for example, that activists, that secularists have grown militant and have seen the reins of power in recent decades. He said the source of hostility has shifted in the past 30 years uh, since he has headed up the nation's largest Catholic civil rights organization. Quote, when I first started out, most of the anti-Catholicism was coming from the media. The entertainment industry, the arts education, primarily there, he said, it's changed. It's now coming more from the corporate 500, from the United States government, 
as well as from some state and local governments. Yeah, see, it's now baked into the cake and coming from institutions, like our government institutions, from corporations. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of anti-Christian hostility in a lot of corporations. Oh, don't you? You can't wear that crucifix to work. That's going to offend the guy over here in the the cubicle. He's going to go nuts. Take that thing off. Oh, take down those little, we noticed you put up a couple of little Christmas cards on your cubicle. Take those down. That's that, Now, if they say holiday card, that's fine. You can have a snowman. That's okay. But nothing about this baby Jesus stuff. That's, that offends people. People are offended by that little kid. Don't put that crap up there. I mean, this is happening in corporations. Uh, Donahue mentioned bills proposed in multiple states. It would require priests to break the seal of confession in the proposed Equality Act, which he said would, would pull public funding from Catholic hospitals and refuse to perform abortions and sex uh, reassignment surgery. Look, I've said, let me say this again. Gang, we're going to have to decide if the federal money, which has strings attached, always does. Anytime government, federal, state, whatever, local, gives you money, there's strings attached. We've got to separate ourselves from that stuff. We've got to separate ourselves from this. Uh, you know, everybody wants their share of the federal government dole. But at some point, we, we've got to understand that that has strings attached. Are you serving Caesar or God? You, at some point, you've got to decide. And if you want true autonomy and true religious freedom, especially in this environment of hostility against you, you've got to start cutting the, the strings to government funding. Because once you cut the string to the funding, then they have no they really don't have much of a leg to stand on in terms of trying to get you to follow certain rules because you're taking government money. All right. That's got to stop. That's got to stop. And and if your ordainment in a particular state you live in rests on some, on a magic dust being sprinkled on you by some government bureaucrat in order for you to be a preacher, get away from that as well. Get away from that nonsense as well. Christ is the author and finisher, according to my Bible, of your faith. Christ is the head of the church, not some government bureaucrat. And like I was talking about, I think it was a week ago, about the 501c3 stuff. At some point, you've got to start, you know, well, I know people can't then d- d- write off their donation to your church. I get it. Oh, well. If that's your motivation for donating, then they're donating for the wrong reasons anyway that are unbiblical. So I think it, I think the church has got to step back and reassess its relationship with government, with the IRS and all that. You can be nonprofit without having to fill out a 501c3. People on the streets and beggars and homeless people do it all the time. They don't have any 501c3s. Now, I know there's laws against panhandling in some places. I get that. But uh, the, the, there's, you know, the, the, otherwise the IRS would be scooping them all up. They'd solve the homeless population by putting them all in prison. So we've got to start taking a look at our relationship, I'm saying the church, with these government strings that are all attached with all this stuff. You're going to be an agent of the state. You're going to be an agent of Christ, which is it. You can't do both, not in this current environment. You can't do both. Let me let you hear, um, a, a, well, actually, we've got to go to break. No, let me share this clip, and then we'll go to break real quick. Um, this was... On uh, on Fox News the other day, and um, this is uh, a, a, well, it's a conversation between 
uh, Campos Duffy and then her daughter. She's one of the hosts of Talking Heads on the in the morning on Fox News. But let me let you hear this exchange between her and her daughter, who's part of a uh, Christian organization that was looking at Christian rights and speaking out against Christian persecution and all that. Kind of interesting. Attorney generals across the country are coming down on the FBI, threatening legal action after an internal memo labeled Catholics as racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists. In a letter to the FBI, leaders demanded that the department, quote, desist from investigating and surveilling Americans who have done nothing more than exercise their natural and constitutional right to practice their religion. Amen to that. The Federalist staff writer and my daughter, Evita Duffy, joins us now. Evita, so they're specifically targeting traditional Catholics. Explain who the, what is a traditional Catholic and why is the FBI targeting them? Yeah, so traditional Catholic is the type of liturgy you prefer, which means the Latin Mass. These are people that enjoy Latin Mass. They are are very, uh, you know, law-abiding citizens, very devout. Often they homeschool their kids. These are not terrorists at all. Um, it, in fact, white supremacy is, is antithetical to everything the Catholic Church teaches, especially um, what a, a traditional Catholic would, would, would adhere to. Um, and also the Catholic Church is very multiracial, multicultural. Catholic means universal. Um, and 40% of Catholics in America are Hispanic, and they tend to be the more traditional ones. Yeah, they tend to be the more conservative ones. Um, that's such a great point. So the FBI is saying, well, listen, um, we, I know you saw that memo that got leaked, but we're, we, we've retracted. We're not, we're not infiltrating these communities anymore. Do you buy that? No, I mean, this whole investigation is a is a pretext to persecute the political enemies of, of the left. And it's a testimony to just how corrupt the FBI has become. They, they've labeled traditional Catholics uh, racist, white supremacist, and violent, but didn't explain at all how they were racist or violent, and instead only cited thought crimes for Catholics, their, their, their stance on LGBTQ issues and on abortion. This is this is not the, the job of, of the FBI. It was a completely botched investigation. If you look at the sources in the, in the document, they only cite left-wing sources. You have the Salon and the Atlantic. It was botched from the start and a pretext to persecute political enemies of the yeah. left. And, and unless you think this is... I know there's been a lot of focus on the Catholics here, but unless you think this is... Well, I should have the Catholic. Wrong. Wrong. It's not just Catholics. There's a lot of churches, a lot of denominations, and those who are independent, charismatic, or whatever, who are in the bullseye, who are also getting hammered. Any church that is adhering to the essentials of the historic Orthodox Christian faith and is standing on Bible verses is finding themselves more and more at odds with the culture around them. Now, the early church certainly found that the the situation they were in is they were at odds with all the paganism, the Roman paganism that was around them, Greco-Roman paganism that they were just awash in. So this shouldn't really shock or surprise us. The church has been here before. But the the shocker and the surprise, I guess, is that, well, gee whiz, you know, I, I thought we had like this First Amendment with religious freedom. In fact, the first liberty that is codified within the First Amendment is freedom of religion. But you see, again, when people don't follow the Constitution, when lawmakers and state agencies and federal government agencies and uh, uh, presidential administrations and state and local bureaucrats say on that, uh, well, here's what starts happening. And it's becoming a trend line that I have warned about 
and harped on for a long time on this show. Please go back and listen to archives. Here we are, gang, and it's getting worse. I'm not saying this to bring you down. I'm saying this to fortify you, to stand your ground, if anything, to stand your ground. And what does our Bible say? We're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. If, who, if, who, if, if God is for us, who could be against us? Okay? So keep your eyes on Christ. All right? Don't succumb. Don't fret. Don't freak. Don't wring your hands. Don't knuckle under and say, well, you know, in order to keep our non-profit status, I guess we got to get... No, don't play that game. Stand bold. Be willing to cut some things loose. Be willing to trim some fat, so to speak. And, and dig your nose into the Bible. The answers are going to be there. Prayer and fasting as well. Let's take a pause real quick. Got just a bit more before we wrap it up. Stick around. Are there some things about your life that you wish were different? Actually, it's not too late for a change. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. I would like to give you at this moment the opportunity of changing the direction of your life, the eternal destiny of your life, and the condition of your life. And here's how you can do that. You can recognize honestly that you're a sinner, that you've sinned against God, and that you don't deserve anything. So the invitation is this, to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and acknowledge that you've never trusted him as your Savior. You've tried to do good, but the Bible states that that doesn't work. He says, by works of righteousness which you've done, no person's ever been saved. I want to invite you to invite Jesus Christ into your life, asking him to forgive you of your sins, surrendering yourself to him personally, and saying, Lord, I want you in my life. I want you to live your life in and through me. I need the forgiveness of my sins. I do want to go to heaven when I die, but I want my life to count now. And most of all, I want Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Learn more about how Jesus Christ can change the course of your life. Visit us at intouch.org. So I want to leave you with this. I, I know it's looking dark on the horizon, and it's going to get darker and stormier. You're, you're, you're not losing your mind you're you are seeing what you're seeing and you're seeing the world get crazier and things are getting crazier in our nation and yeah there's there's some bad stuff coming and it's already here and it's gonna get worse i don't know what else to tell you on that i'm not saying that to bring you down or gee whiz you're just full of great news today aren't you mr l here's the good news all right if we keep our eyes on christ keep our nose in his word keep our eyes on him we will get through this this too shall pass Okay, this is a time of testing. This is a time of, of separating men from boys, so to speak. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your focus on Christ, not the storm. Remember what happened? The, the apostles were in the boat and Jesus is out there walking on the waves, which is kind of interesting. Well, you know, just, I'm going to just stretch and walk out here on these stormy waves and, and 
Apostle Peter's like, hey, I want to get out there too. Well, come on. And, it, and you know, the two men in history walked on water. Don't forget that. One was Jesus. One was Peter. Peter walked on water for a few moments, for a minute or so there, a few seconds. And all of a sudden he looked around and said, oh, no, and then started sinking because he took his eyes off Christ and succumbed to fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Remember that? So pray fast. Put your nose in God's word. Fellowship. Get together. Get game plans together and do it the way God says do it. You're going to go. Th- you're going to get through this. Okay. You and your fellowship will get through this. I'm just sharing with you what time of day it is so that you can be forearmed, fortified, putting on the full armor of God. As scripture says, you can withstand or stand in the day of evil. <laughs> we're in the day of evil. We're, we're there, gang. But that's okay. All right. Here's a chance for you to witness incredible power from God. See, when, the, when, the, when it gets the darkest, when it gets the gloomiest, when it gets the, the, the roughest looking, pop yourself some popcorn and watch as God puts on a show. And watch him part the Red Sea. On that note, got to go. Be sure to check out the websites, ChristianTalkThatRocks.Nitter.com. Be sure to take care of yourselves, take care of those that you love. And remember, God is love. See you next time. Are you dealing with high energy bills or tired of windows and doors that just don't work? Let the experts at Pella of Denver and North Colorado help. Pella's easy shopping process provides you with access to a local showroom, expert design advice, free in-home consultations, and a no-mess, no-gas installation. For a limited time, receive 20% off with no payments or interest for 12 months. Go to PellaofDenver.com and schedule a free in-home consultation today. That's PellaofDenver.com. At Canvas Credit Union, it's about more than banking. It's about helping you live life on your terms. With member-focused offerings like our just-boosted 12-month CD or our super-flexible high-yield money market account, now is the time to take advantage of some of our best savings rates of the year. When you supercharge your savings with Canvas, you get so much more than just great rates. You get to do more of what matters to you. Visit canvas.org rates for more details.